Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and for the first time, I am here without my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Uh, but I've got somebody else here with me. I've got Aww. Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. <laughs> A lot of you may know him uh, if you listen to EWTN Radio or or the Catholic Cafe Podcast. He's the host of that, which is syndicated around the world. And He's also a deacon here in Memphis, and when Victor called me and told me that he was uh, going to the Invisible Tattoo that's Convention, right. <laughs> that's right. He's renovating his mind palace. Yeah, so, that's nice. So he's off somewhere. Uh, he's not going to be with us today, but Deacon Jeff uh, graciously decided to uh, and agreed to step in and, and be the a price part of was this. right. It, it was, was. It was. I had you. crumpled up five dollars in my pocket, <laughs> and he took it right from me. He didn't even ask for any more. He said, "This will do." <laughs> I'm a man who knows what he needs. That's right. That's right. Well, I'm glad you're here today because one of the things, you know, first of all, I want to tell you is happy belated Father's Day. Yeah. Isn't that something? Father's Day is beautiful. And it's more beautiful the more kids you have. It is. Well, then you you must have the most beautiful (laughs) Father's Day ever. All nine of them. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And we were, I was actually on vacation last week. So, um, you know, we got to leave almost right after Father's Day and and, uh, be a part of, uh, you know, just have a week together with the children. And so it made me start thinking about you know fatherhood and what it means and just how blessed we are as men to be able to share in the title of father um, that God you know has has bestowed that upon us and it means something very special obviously to be associated with anything that people call him right you know and it's interesting that you would say it that way you know to share in the title mm-hmm. a lot of people don't think that a lot of people just think well I'm a father and and you you're just given. You are a father, right? And they don't stop and think like, "What is a father?" And on what are we patterning this sure. thing called father, yeah. right? And a lot of people just don't think through that and realize that there is a there is a huge connection. There's a beautiful connection between God the Father mm-hmm. and the biological father, or even the adopted father, right? But that role as a father in a family that's pretty cool. It is. It is, and it's. You know, like we were talking about, it's such an honor and a privilege, but it's also a responsibility, right? When you share that title, because, I hate that word. Yeah, me too. It's <laughs> such it, a downer. That's right. It's like when someone like at work where they give you another set of keys. Here's another key. It's like, oh great, yeah, another responsibility, go. another thing I have to remember to lock. Yeah, but no matter how we feel about it, we still have to act upon that, right? Yeah, so, no, this is exactly right. Now, I will say that that having another child come along, right? It's nothing like someone handing you a key. Oh and, yeah. And the, yes, there is a responsibility, but. I don't know. There's something that's just innate in us. There's mm-hmm. something that's just part of our DNA, part of our, our makeup that is basically just attracted to this. Uh, this is our child. Right. And there's this, this instant bond. This, and, you know, in a biological sense, there's a DNA relationship, a physiological connection. But then at the same time, even in like an adoptive situation, which mm-hmm. is a beautiful situation, um, even in that situation, there is, there is like something, there's a bond there yeah. th- that you, you can't see, but it's part of who we are. It's part of our makeup, you know, right. and, and you think about that and you go all the way back to, to Genesis mm-hmm. and, and the words echo, you know, let us make man in our image. Mm-hmm. And you realize we're made in God's image. And God reveals himself as God the Father. And so there's this fatherhood that's just sort of like poured into us guys. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Now, again, there's responsibility there, but it's like, yeah, but he's given us everything we need right. to do 
to, to act on that responsibility responsibly and to do it beautifully. Right. And it, it allows us to, to me, it allows us to come more fully into, into our life. You know, you know, my story, we've talked about this before. I spent a lot of years uh, living in an incorrect way, you know, through addictions and some other things. And, you know, I often look back and, and now that I realize what a gift fatherhood is, you know, I thought like most men probably do. My job as a father is, you know, one to have a child, yeah. you know, to, to be a part of that creative process. But then my job is just to put food on the table and to clothe them and to make sure they're behaving and and you know make sure they don't grow up to be a serial killer. Yeah, that's and that's not always easy. Right. <laughs> so have you met my kids? Uh, <laughs> I met a couple of them. They haven't. Uh, yeah, I haven't found any bodies along the way. No, we're, yet, we're but, okay so far. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think that's the the idea that most men have is is I'm just supposed to serve as this this kind of role model and just steward and and that's partially correct. But you know, there's so much more that when you start to understand the gift of fatherhood and what it's supposed to be and what it's supposed to mean and you start to actively engage in it, it's just, it opens up another beautiful door in your life. One I didn't have. I mean, I look back and my idea was I'm here, I'm sitting in a room with my children, I'm being a good dad, you know, or I took them to get ice cream once last year, I'm a good dad. Right. And and really, there's so much more to that than to, to being a father than just that stuff. And I didn't realize that until I really had that reconversion and God started speaking into me and and almost just really, show, I mean, he just showed me what a gift individually each one of my children are and what a role that he has given me to play in that life and that mm-hmm. development of people. So many, I hear people all the time in the world say, I wish I could do something to change the world. And one thing that really, you know, I start thinking about now is the fact that you have the biggest chance to do that, that, that you know, when God gave you the opportunity to be a father, that you have an opportunity to change and create a new world through every one of your children. You know, if we want to change the future, we have the power to do that by the influence that we have over our children. And it and that can be impacted negatively or positively. And so we have to choose what are we going to do? And the way that God calls us to raise the children, as you well know, is is in the church and in the faith and, and to teach people how to treat others. And that starts with everything from how you treat your wife, you know, that your children are watching. Um, and, and just so much. But there's there's so much I think of that men in the regular world, the regular guy, everyday guys, we just get bogged down in work and everything else, and we just think I'm providing. They have a, a, a warm bed to sleep in, a roof over their heads, they have food in their bellies. My job as a father is done. Right, and that's a functionary, yeah, like description of a father. Mm-hmm. Those are functions of a father. You you have to do those things. Yeah, yep, did those things. And and again, what I'm speaking to, and I think what you're also alluding to, is this. This connection, uh, there, there's such more of a richness and a, and a fullness to the concept of fatherhood. And, you know, I, I always think about sometimes where I think some dads miss the mark um, is in the same way. I know you've probably been in, in, a, in a work situation where a boss will say, well, you, you have to do what I tell you. Right. And, and then they get a little upset because no one's listening to me. No one's. I mean, I'm the boss because I'm the boss, you have to listen to me. And and the reality is that works only so long. Mm-hmm. That that works as a father, that works only so long before your kids get wise and go like, he didn't care about me. Right. I mean, this is really not about nurturing any kind of relationship. And they don't know those words. They don't understand that. What they do is they see like, you're nothing but like a placeholder. Right. I mean, you are, you are making sure that there's money in the bank. You're making sure that there's a roof over our head. And those are great things. But where's that, that connection? Sure. Where is that love? 
Um, and, and, a, and a boss that walks in and says, because I'm the leader, then you must follow. And in reality, you know, in a workplace, the best kind of boss is the one that essentially earns the trust of his workers and they will follow him to the ends of the earth. And they'll follow him. They'll walk off a cliff for him. Sure. Right. Because there's, there's something, there's a connection that he's made with them. That's not purely functionary. I'm the boss. Therefore, right. You will address me as this, you know, that works in the military and it works for a few minutes you know, at home, a dictator, or right? Somebody exactly. Like that. Yeah. But after a while, people start to hate you. They right. loathe that relationship uh, because that's that's not healthy. It's not holy, and it doesn't fulfill um, your humanity, your desire to be the best human being, uh, and and to be fulfilled. Right? right. Which is also written in all of our hearts. Right. To know God, and and when we don't know God and our Father, then we have a problem. Right. Sure. And, you know, one of the things that really used to bother me is, you know, I worked all the time when I was working in my previous job and I was just long hours and come home and emails and sales reports and call reports and all this stuff to do. And the kids were always just kind of pulling on my pants leg going, Dad, Dad, come here and do this. Well, I don't have time. Stop. I got to do this. Why can't you play with me? Because if I don't get this done, then the lights don't stay on or right. the food doesn't. And they have no idea on. what you're even talking about. Right. The lights are always on for them. They're all, always like, well, the lights are always on. And all they hear is, Daddy doesn't care about me. Yeah. And Angela used to, it used to drive me up the wall because I would come in and when I was ready to be a father or to spend time with them, they were doing something else. Or, you know, I would say, come do this, and they would just ignore me. But yeah, right. Angela could say the same thing and they would flock to her. Right. But it's because she poured into them. She spent the time with them. She, you know, she was the one that that fed them and and had them to their practices on time and all these things and it that really opened my eyes even after, you know, my life had changed was I want to be more a part of my children's lives. But it can't be on my terms. I have right. to meet them where they are individually too. I have three children, you know, and, and one of them's a set of twins. And so people just say, well, twins are a lot alike, right? No, they're completely different. And they want to be met where each of them are. And so, you know, this summer, since I've been working with Cardinal Studios since uh, October, you know, I work from home and it's been a really great just benefit and a gift from God because my kids don't have to go to summer camp now. I can work from home. They're there. I'm taking, you know, we're having breakfast every morning together. I'm making them lunch. We're going to daily mass together. I mean, just all these things, we take about an hour a day to run by ice cream or maybe run by a park or something. And just in the in the last couple of weeks, just to see how this relationship has blossomed and how just how my tone with them has changed and how their reaction to anything I ask or any just, just wanting to be with me. And, you know, my, my children love me and I know that and, and they know that I love them. But there's this bond being created because there's they now see that dad is taking an interest and dad's available and dad wants to be a part of my life and that's a huge responsibility you know no matter what job you're in we've got to take that time to show our children how much that we love them and and that they're important to us and one of the things that i asked all three of them this summer when when we started i said look each one of you are, are important to me individually you know there's different things you're different personalities and i want to spend time doing things you want to do so i had them write down a list of three things that each of them wanted to do this summer and they were completely different. One of them wanted to go to putt-putt. One of them just wanted to sit and watch a movie with Dad. The other one. But what I'm going to do, and, and it's it's be really the first time I've ever tried it in my life, is to take them and do individually and spend that time with them individually and invest in them so that they know at the end of the day, my father loves me not because he's told me a thousand times and it becomes just another set of words. 
yeah. but because he spends the time with me. Yeah, see, and that spends the time thing, that's huge. I, yeah. I will just tell you from personal experience, one, one of the, the way to look at that. Um, I, I know uh, kids will like respond positively, you know, at, at when they're 16 and you buy them a Corvette convertible, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure they'll go like, dad, you're the greatest dad ever. Yeah. But ultimately at the end of the day, they're not going to be happy campers. I mean, later on in life, I mean, just if, if, if their whole life is summed up in, in gifts, mm-hmm. right, you can't buy love. We've heard that so many sure. times. Like it's, it's in every song, you know, on, on, on the planet. And, and the reality is, um, the, it's those little things that they'll always remember. It's mm-hmm. those little traditions uh, in the family that that, that the father does, and I, the mother will have the whole. We could do a whole show on motherhood. Yeah, you know, yeah. they've got their own thing going. But like for fathers, and uh, my experience is things like uh, uh, I've got six boys, and all of them uh, have been in the Boy Scouts programs, uh, and we're going to stay in Boy Scouts as long as we can, unless sure. it implodes in some moral decline or whatever. Yeah. They're going to kind of going through some stresses. But the reality is, I got uh, six boys. Five of them are eagles, and and number six is on his way to be an eagle in a couple mm-hmm. of months. And what I have done is, I carved out of my schedule, uh, and they don't have to know how difficult it is. And please don't tell them. Sure, yeah. But it's like I carved out of my schedule one week every single year to go to scout camp with them. Mm-hmm. So I would be the adult, the dad that would go along on the trip. There was always a scout master and whatever. But I was there, had my tent, had my little cooler, you know, with my little soft drinks and everything in it. Uh, but I was there with them every single week for the last 17 years. Mm-hmm. So I've had 17 years of tick bites, chigger bites, uh, you know, sunburn, but being with my sons. Sure. And, and I guarantee you, that has probably spoken to them more. Now, they didn't say like, uh, every time I do, they go like, Dad, thanks for being here with me all week. No, they just glommed it up and they just, they absorbed it. And, it, and it's right. changed. And, and the reality is, as they get older, I, I watch the, the, the things that we, that I've done, what I poured into them, mm-hmm. they start like pouring out too. I mean, yeah. it, they become that. Um, and that's probably, that's way more impactful than, um, you know, oh, dad bought me a color television. Right. You know, which now that shows my age. Yeah, it's it was a big deal <laughs> when you got a, the, your first those color the big TV. Old square ones with the tubes. <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> and uh, and and the reality is that's you know the absentee father. Sure. That shows up you know on Christmas Eve with a big bundle of gifts like right. Santa Claus, and they think that that's going to make up for lost time. And you talked about, I mean, your presence is way more valuable sure. than anything that you can give. That's the best thing that you can give your child. Right. I mean, they can look at you and say, Dad, thank you for taking those 3,899 chigger bites for oh, yeah. us over the years. Took it for the team. <laughs> That's right. All the poison ivy and everything else. And thank the, you. the greatest thing that I, that I see in my kids as they get older, mm-hmm. my, especially my sons, is they say things that I say. Sure. They do yeah. things that I do, and they don't – I'm not, not, not saying they don't recognize it. I'm just saying that that's just – it's part of who they are. Sure. And so when you were saying earlier in the show, you mentioned uh, changing the world. Mm-hmm. right? We all, we all want to change the world. We all want to do something. Um, and the reality is if you really want to change the world, then what you have to do is my – you know my mantra uh, is you know, till your own garden. Sure. Like work on, on the environment that God gave you. The domestic church, yeah. And God gave you these kids. Sure. And so he wants you to be their father. Right, and so if if you are gonna if you're gonna change the world, the best thing to do is change, you know, pour yourself into those kids, right, and to reveal God the Father to them through your fatherhood. Well, that and, and that's that's powerful. Well, that's a and that, that's a good point. That's something else I wanted to ask you about because you know, 
I've been around a lot of different men's groups, and some of them, a lot of them tend to be top-heavy on age. You know, they might be 50 and up. And one of the things I commonly hear is, is men are saying, I wish, you know, my children walked away from the faith or they left the church or I don't have a relationship with my, with my kids the way I should, whether it's a son or a daughter. And, you know, we've been talking about this presence, and it seems to me like if we can catch this, and I don't even think it matters. That, obviously, it would be more important at an earlier age. Yeah. But I think you can still get to it is when you are present and when you are pouring into them, that that's going to just open them up more to the faith. You said, they say what I say. They do right. what I do. Well, if you're reading Scripture at night, if you're, if they, you know, find if you If they see like, you go to confession. Right, yeah. Or like John Paul II said, you know, one of the things he said when that made him want to be a priest was not that his father ever had a conversation with him about a vocation. It's that he found his father praying every night by the bed. Right. And it was almost a domestic seminary for him. And so I just... I wanted to know your thought on like, so do you think that if, if we're present and all that has such more of a positive influence on keeping your children in the church, keeping children growing up in the, in the manner of the faith, if they're more open to it because they've seen that you've invested in them and they want to be a part of what you're a part of because they know how much you love them. So you can, you can pass on and, and hand down this tradition, not because I, I tell you to, and this is what you're going to do and you're raised Catholic right. and you'll be Catholic and all of that, but just this whole, my father has a relationship with God and it was found in the Catholic Church and I love my father and he's invested in me and therefore that's what I want to do. Kids are extremely, extremely smart when it comes to figuring things out. Oh yeah. I mean, they, they, you, you know this, right? I mean, they, yeah. they, they, they know every angle and they, and they explore every angle. Sure. Right? They'll, they'll pit the mother and father against each other. They'll mm-hmm. ask, hey, uh, yeah. dad says, hey, mom says. All too familiar with that. And it's like, hold on a second. <laughs> Uh, and so they, they, they watch and they absorb and they become, and the reality is, uh, I, I tell them if, you know, to people who I'm prepping for baptism or whatever, if, you know, if you cuss and swear a lot, your kids are going to cuss and swear a lot. They're going to sure. do what you do. Mm-hmm. And, they're, 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 and it doesn't matter what you say. You can say anything you want to say, but they're not going to listen to what you say. They're going to do what you do. Mm-hmm. And so your your actions speak way louder than any words that you'll ever speak. And and the the reality is going back to that that boss, um, you know, comparison I was making. You you've got to earn their trust. Sure. Right. I mean, I know that sounds weird, but a parent has to be trusted by their children, and the only way to do that is to love them. Right. If they know that they're loved, if, if they if they know that you you have their best interest at heart and you know the only true love is that total self gift mm-hmm. right to lay your, your oh, yeah. life down for your friends so if they see like oh dad's sitting on his throne don't speak to father you know until he's had his pipe and his paper yeah. and his slippers or whatever <laughs> you know the old you 1950s over. yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> speak when spoken to you know the reality is that relationship is toxic and it's and it's it's horrible mm-hmm. and if that's what they perceive in you um you're not your kids it's going to be trouble. Well, I'll just say it's going to be trouble. Well, and that's one of the things that, that I had to realize one day, and it just hit me like a ton of bricks, is what I'm doing right now doesn't just affect Jacob or Allison or Caitlin. They're going to grow up, and they're going to have kids, and they're going to get married, that's and right. they're going to affect their kids. That's and how you change the world. Their kids are going to, You yeah. change them. You make them good. Right. Because when we talk about fatherhood, we look at it as just a lot of times as just what the children are doing but or what our relationship is with them. But how we treat our wife, for instance, you know, if Jacob looks at me and I'm always bad mouthing my wife or just, you know, second really guessing her, that. I, I know. That. well, that's where I got this black eye. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
No, you know, we're always contradicting them or talking over them or saying it's my decision to make, not your mother's. Right. These type things. Then Jacob's going to grow up and treat his wife that way. That's right. Or your daughters are going to see that and think, well, that's the way I'm supposed to allow myself to be treated. So that's by why man. addiction is essentially hereditary. It's yeah. not a gene, but it's a it's a learned uh, environment. You know, right. it's, it's an environmental thing that this is what I grew up in. So if if a person, uh, you know, has divorced parents they're more likely to get divorced. If, yeah. if a person has, you know, someone who has an anger management issue, they're more likely to have those same issues. Right. It doesn't mean that they're they're going to be cast into that die and they're going to have to be they're going to be just like that, but it does mean that they've got more uh, what you do now is you're investing sure. in your kids. Mm-hmm. So what you do now is going to pay dividends, either good ones or bad ones. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we're called. We're called to be the spiritual leaders of our family and and you have to start doing that by, you know, one of the most influential things I've done for my children is is take them to Mass. Go to daily Masses when they're available. Um, pray with them. Constantly talk to them about God. I mean, we we were here yesterday um, at Mass together, and I asked him after we left, I said, what is your favorite thing about God? And I got three different answers. Jacob surprised me. He said, forgiveness. And, you know, he's nine. And I'm like, okay, there we go. All right. And then, and then, he's probably uh, got some 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 sin issues yeah you need probably to, you need to look does. into that one yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna start checking around the house make sure there's not like a dead cat or something shoved in a closet but but then caitlin had uh you know her, hers was um that he loves me yeah and then allison just looked at me and she goes i can't answer that i love god for everything he does for me that's awesome but it's it, but that wouldn't have been the same a couple of years ago but it's because it's not been this get your Sunday school clothes on and get your this and grab your Bible and look perfectly pressed and comb your hair exactly right. And it's just been like, look, this is a part of our lives. This is what we do. We go and worship God. We thank God for what we've been given and and everything that you have. And it, it's just such a benefit now to watch them. If we're in, you know, we went to the pizza cafe the other night to eat and we just come back off a road trip from vacation and we're yeah. all starving. And, you know, even I was just reaching in there trying to like scarf pizza before I even prayed. And the children stopped and said, "We don't. We haven't prayed yet." And so you put your finger in, in your little daughter's face and I said, did. "Don't you ever, you know, con- I, you know, I, say I that in front of everybody." I said, "Don't you need to go to the bathroom <laughs> or something? I'm hungry." So. No, hey, we all have those humbling moments. Yeah, uh, but you know, when you're talking about, uh, you know, what is your favorite thing about God? The, the reality is, uh, whatever they answer needs to be what you are doing mm-hmm. yeah, see, good see point. and, that, and this, this is again the, about the attributes of god sure. when i'm teaching rcia it's like you know you need to understand who god is mm-hmm. and for a kid essentially the parents are god yeah i mean that's their experience of god they don't know anything mm-hmm. i mean they, they have this law of god written on their hearts but they don't really know how to process that they don't know what that is they can't put it into words so it's in it's it's in feelings and emotions and and, and a sense of human dignity that they are born with and um, and so that's why you as a parent, as a father especially, you need to take on the attributes of God. And people sure. like, whoa, I don't, I'm not, you know. Puts that, a whole other spin on like, it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, but, but the thing is, he's given you all the arrows in your quiver. He's given yeah. you everything you need. I mean, it's, it's written on your heart, mm-hmm. right? And he actually commands it. He, this, you are supposed to be like me. Be perfect right. as your heavenly father is perfect. Now, we know we can't live up to that. But we better sure try, and that and that's and that's the point. So if if uh, if you want your kids to know God, they need they're only going to know God through you. Sure, they're never going to be holier than you, mm-hmm. right? And so that that calls us to say like, well, what attributes of God am I dropping the ball on? Right. Maybe I'm not loving. Maybe I'm not merciful. Right. right? Maybe I'm a, I'm a tyrant. 
and, and it's I'm, almost I'm like not, an examination of conscience, right. really. <laughs> but there's other there's other uh, attributes of God that they need to see, like omnipotence. Mm-hmm. They need to see that in you, like Dad can do anything. Yeah, you know, Dad can he can overcome any obstacle. You know, and I, I just think about going to Philmont with my uh, son a couple of years back, thinking I want to quit. Yeah, I, I can't do this. That was day two of ten. <laughs> I, I just I'm not going to make it. And yeah. it's like you know what. My son needs to see the omnipotence of God, the ability of God to overcome. Nothing can stop God. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll do my, my human best to attain that. That got me through the next eight days. And we had a great relationship. And I, and I, I just think that like if I'd have failed and that if I'd have just given up and said, I can't do it. Right. Right. That might have been a whole different uh, perspective, you know, that he would have. But he but there's other aspects like all powerful, all knowing. Mm-hmm. It's like all knowing. It's like you're supposed to know stuff, not like I don't know. I don't got time. I don't know. You know, <laughs> I'm not it's concerned like, with that right now. Figure, yeah. Well, but figure things out because you you are trying to instill that. And then I like think I think one of the most important uh, attributes of God that we that the Father that we need to take on is being present and near. Yeah, and you mentioned that like oh, taking yeah. time with each individual kid, you know. And I will take my kids. It's like, hey, uh, you know, Mary, you want to get some ice cream? Don't tell anybody else. It's yeah. just our special relationship. <laughs> you know, it's like. And I have nine bowls of ice cream in a couple of days, you, you know, go. but the point is, it's like, that's special to them yeah. and they need to feel that God is present and near. And they're only going to feel that if, if you if are leading it. right, if you're doing yeah. that. And mm-hmm. so those attributes and living that that's, that's, that's huge to fatherhood. It is. And, it, and you know, that's, that's what I wanted to do with the show today was, you know, I knew you'd be a great person to talk to about this with your experience and also being a deacon and understanding of the church and the, you know, the idea of God as the Father and then the role we play. Um, you know, I hope the men out there today that have been listening to this kind of understand the gravity of the situation we're in, right? We've been given a responsibility and we're supposed to be stewards of that responsibility. Yeah. And so whatever happens with our children, whether they go to heaven or not, that's on us. I mean, it really is from an early age on. It's have I led them in the right way? Have we have I have I shown them the Father through their father? And, and been the person that I've been called that I've called to be, you know, been called to be for them. I'm gonna say, can I interrupt one sure, thing because sure. like we're getting ready to come to the end of the show, and there's sure. one thing I know that someone's listening right now, going mm-hmm. like, I have failed. Yeah, I've, I've got teenage kids or I've got post college kids. They don't like me. I don't like them. We're not having a good. It's like I failed at all this. Do I start mm-hmm. a new family? I can't do anything you're talking about. And there's one beautiful gift about our faith, and that is it's never too late. Yeah, we and, and it's the small things. Just be present. Don't buy them big gifts. Don't think that you're going to fix everything in a day. But you know what? Take one baby step towards spending time with them Mm -hmm. and helping them to see that. That's what a real father would do. Amen. We begin again. Well, thank you, Deacon Jeff. I appreciate you for stepping in for old Mind Palace over there. I'm sure we'll be back (laughs) next week. But uh, thank you for your time, guys. Tune in to the Catholic Cafe. You can find it on any podcast uh, provider or uh, EWTN radio. So thanks. Why don't we close with a prayer, Deacon Jeff? All right. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, what an honor and opportunity you've given us as fathers. To share in your namesake is both a call to action and a tremendous responsibility. Help us to rise up to become the fathers you need us to be. And Father, whenever we struggle, let us always look to you as the ultimate example of fatherhood. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.